Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Katie. Hey, Ashley. It is so good to see you. I can't believe how long it's been. I really think that this fall is the longest we've gone without talking regularly. Like, maybe since we met. I know. It's weird because we've had a long-distance friendship, but we've stayed yeah. in really good touch, so it feels like we were even more long-distance or or something. Something, um, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I've really missed you, too. And so we actually have not recorded an episode since August. Mm-hmm. We recorded a few in advance of your trip, which you're going to talk about, um, but it feels really good to be back, back doing it again. Yeah, it does. And since our last few episodes were pretty heavy, I would say, revolving around some pretty heavy topics, we thought we would lighten up this last episode of the year with some life updates, some favorite things, and how we're marking the end of 2022. Which brings me to our annual tradition of creating a Spotify playlist. Love it. When did, when did you create the first one? Do you remember what year? It's weird that I do remember this. It was 2018 because I remember a lot of the songs were from when I was on maternity leave oh. from having Avery. And I remember thinking like, oh, these songs are really important to me right now. We should make a Kendrick's playlist. <laughs> Yeah, it's become a really fun annual tradition. We've got Mm -hmm. ours up for this year. It's just Kindred's 2022. And Mm -hmm. this year, it's mostly songs that are uplifting and poppy, fun to dance to. Not necessarily the message means that much for all of them. They're just like tunes that we're enjoying right now. And there are some with some explicit lyrics. So, you know, prepare accordingly. Although I think that was also true last year. I think it was too. It's probably true of every year. Probably. It seems like this year's really popular songs, like a lot of them had explicit lyrics this year for some reason. It just jumped out at me more. Are we getting old? <laughs> maybe. I don't maybe I think it's it true, really though. Is. It's explicit in a different kind of way, like more uh, expansive in terms of how explicit it yes. is. <laughs> So I'm not sure if our listeners know that I took September and October off to travel around the Southwest with my family, but that is why we recorded ahead in August. And I can share some of the highlights from our trip uh, if you want, and then I'd love to hear how the last few months have been for you. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that we have a camper, and the story of that is just that we had been borrowing a camper from family for short trips to the Smokies, to the beach for the last few years. And we decided we wanted one of our own. So we got it at the end of 2020. And then we barely used it in 2021 because of our jobs, pretty much. And it was just so hard to get time away from work. And when we were able to take off a few days or a week here and there, something would happen always without fail. Like we were in the Smokies, I think it was May of 2021, And that was when the Supreme Court announced that they were going to take up the Dobbs case. And I just remember my phone blowing up. I had to like sign off on press releases for coalitions in Mississippi. And it just, you know, it it takes all the joy out of being away. Like you might as well be at your desk at that point. And I just feel like that's one of the things they don't tell you about being in charge of an organization. You're just never really off the clock. And 
In order to be off the clock, it takes serious boundary work and also a reliable team that can handle things in your absence, which not all of us in small organizations have. I feel like you'd probably agree with that, Katie. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's so true. If you are a small team, it really it really is on you. And it, mm-hmm. even if you're not getting interrupted constantly, the thoughts are so yep. intrusive. It's really hard to disconnect emotionally and mentally regardless if you're the person when the buck stops with you it, that yeah. that never really ends when you're in charge exactly our camper just sat in our yard taunting us for most of 2021 basically mm-hmm. so we knew and we had been planning for a while that when i left faith and women we were going to plan a longer trip so we drove from where we live in mississippi on the gulf coast to denver colorado where my brother lives we stayed a few weeks in around Denver and then in the mountains of Colorado and then a few weeks in Utah visiting the four out of the mighty five national parks there and then down through Arizona to the Grand Canyon and then south before heading home. And altogether, I think we were gone like 10 weeks or so. It felt like a long time. It, it really did. did. And I wasn't yeah. even on the trip. I was just living <laughs> vicariously through you. And I know you're going to talk about the mixture of the kinds of experiences that you had, but you really did get to see some beautiful parts of the country. And every now and then, if you had enough cell service, you would send me a video or a, or a photo from places you were staying and it was gorgeous. And I was happily consuming that, uh, at my, at my desk or at home in my comfy (laughs) house while you were out doing that. (laughs) Yep. I get it. Although, as I was thinking about this, I really was gone a good bit. I mean, nothing like what you did, but but the fall was a blur for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was on Maddie Murphy's astrology podcast over the summer, she said, get ready. The fall is going to be really busy for you. And I thought, how is that possible after the summer, which was so busy after the Dobbs decision came down? But she was right, because I did this thing called traveling for work. I don't know if you remember (laughs) this thing. What's that? used to do it back in the the 2010s. (laughs) Uh, I was so out of practice uh, with being away from home so much. I I think I was packing a suitcase every week in September and most of October doing book events and keynote talks. I finally got to see my staff team in person again for the first time since 2019, which was amazing. It's so wild because we do talk all the time, just not in person. So that was all amazing. And then not surprisingly, my body got really run down. And even though Mm. I took all the precautions, masking, vaccinated, boosted, I got COVID in early October for the first Mm. time which knocked me out for two solid weeks um, because I'm not practiced at being sick anymore either. That's not a thing that I've experienced (laughs) since 2019. (laughs) Oh, I totally feel that. We managed not to get sick the whole time we were traveling, but we were, you know, in a camper and out in the woods and stuff. We weren't always around a ton of people, but I knew and I was proven right that Avery got the flu his first oh. week back to preschool as soon as we got home. Oh. And even though I knew it was going to happen, it doesn't make it any better. And I'm just so sorry you got COVID. I think that you were the last person that I knew to join the COVID club. Like everybody <laughs> else, including me, has had it. Some people 
more than once. Oh my gosh. So, Not the club you want to join, but it does no. feel slightly like a badge of honor. Not that I want anyone to get it, but I'm like, okay, I have now experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And Sammy did not get it. But the next week after we all recovered from COVID, she got RSV. So it was like of course. the whole month of October, we were all just home being sick together, just recovering yeah. from various illnesses. <laughs> so we Ugh. had our own version of being in close quarters together, but we were in our whole house, not in a camper. So let's hear about it. Cause I know you've got some, you've got some anecdotes <laughs> or stories or something to tell about your 10 weeks with your family in a camper. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I can be honest here with our kindred listeners. I have a lot of, would I be Ashley Peterson if I didn't have a lot of complicated feelings about something happening in my life? (laughs) I think probably not. So on the one hand, it really was the trip of a lifetime. And we crossed so many things off of our bucket list. It was, I feel really lucky to have been able to do that. We did things like we kayaked the Colorado River. We hung out in hot springs, which are awesome. I had never done that before. We hiked the Narrows hike at Zion National Park, which was my favorite hike from the trip. And honestly, something I will never forget. And we camped on the edge of the Grand Canyon. I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff. And it was really special. I felt very lucky to be able to share all of that with Avery. He has already seen more in his four <laughs> short years than I. I mean, I'm seeing all the stuff as for the first time as an adult. So I hope he remembers it. <laughs> I guess we'll see. And also my brother and his wife joined us for a few weekends along the way, which was awesome. I saw more of them this year than I did when they lived in Mississippi, honestly. And that was really special to me. But on the other hand... Camping is tough, even in a camper. It's just a lot of work. It's tight spaces with no privacy. The way we were traveling, um, going to a lot of different locations, you're just getting your bearings in a new place every few days. And we camped a lot off the grid in national forests, not really in campgrounds. And there's just a lot of logistics for really basic things like electricity and water and how you're going to do your laundry and find your groceries and the mental load can just be some days it was really overwhelming because on top of that, you're also trying to have a vacation, you know? So it was just, there was a lot, but I think to be really honest, what made things hard was the grief over losing my grandparents just always in the background I guess I was kidding myself. I thought that leaving home for a while would just help me put some distance there, but it really didn't. And I don't want to get into this too much uh, because I don't, I don't really want to go dark on this podcast. That's supposed to be a little more light, but Pat's grandmother also died the second week into our trip in a very Mm. similar way as my grandparents. She was fine one day, pneumonia the next, and then just never recovered. And it was horrible for him. It was triggering for me. And Pat flew home for the services while Avery and I stayed in Denver. And it's just like any ideas I'd had about pressing pause on my life while we were gone, just out the window, you know. And I kept praying for ease that mm. just never came. And I, I know I told you that while I was gone, you know, we poloed quite a bit. And I think I told you at some point that I felt like I was going to look back on our trip and see a lot of growth. (laughs) I was trying to stay positive, I guess. And you were like, 
yeah, but why do we always have to go through painful things to grow? Why can't growth come from easy things? I know. It's like the crappiest thing about these skin suits <laughs> oh, we live in. I know. I know. <laughs> but I will say this. I am so glad to be home. I am appreciating being home in a way that I haven't before. I'm back in more regular communication with my friends and you and my family. And I have my kitchen again and doors that close <laughs> and a bathtub. <laughs> and Avery is back in school in his routine. And he's having fun with his friends and his cousins. And I have also restarted therapy with a new therapist. So things are feeling good-ish right now. How about you? <laughs> you still have that glow of perspective of of not having had the things you took for granted. It reminded me of when when uh, playgrounds reopened in 2020 yes. here. Because playgrounds were something that we all took for granted and then they were closed. And I just remember the first day bringing Sammy to the playground and it was like this new appreciation for <laughs> this thing. So I, I do think that that's yep. beautiful, that you can only get that from the kind of perspective that you've had of of being away. And you're a, you're a cancer sun sign, just like me. We like to be at mm-hmm. home. We are a mm-hmm. homebody. So I can only imagine how much more you appreciate those basic things, like doors. Like doors. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I definitely resonate with the goodish sentiment of, of this moment. And, you know, like you, it's really hard to keep things light when we're talking about this year. And we're we want to be authentic about what our lives are like. And it's always a mixture. Um, There's the obvious stuff, the external collective chaos going on that we're all living in. Always. Mm -hmm. And I think for me on a personal level, there's just been a lot of heartache this year. A lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dobbs was one, but just Mm -hmm. important relationships in my life have changed a lot. I've had people who were really important to me just like out of nowhere start treating me like garbage and exit my life without really any explanation at all, which is so disorienting Mm -hmm. and hurtful Mm -hmm. Uh, and letting them go their own way, you know, like Fleetwood Mac, (laughs) just letting people go, you know, on their own journey has been really hard. And I think, as you were saying about painful experiences lead to growth, it's forced me or it's led me, I should say, I didn't have to do this, but really exploring and expanding my own self-love and sense of self-worth that these things that are happening externally don't have anything to do with my worthiness to be loved or in and in beautiful relationships with people. So it's something I've been talking a lot with my spiritual teachers about because relationships are so important to me. I feel like my integrity is number one, then relationships are number two in terms of things I value and it's just reminding that me that, with me. yeah, well, exactly. So it's going to, yeah. this point I'm going to make, but like the spiritual path is so lonely if you are willing yeah. to go on it. It is very, really lonely. And so when I meet a kindred spirit like you, I really do treasure that connection because it is so rare to find somebody that you resonate with or vibrate with and then keep that person for more than a season of your life. Like we've been friends for years now and that just, it feels so good because, you know, it's just like a relationship. And I think because that was happening while you were gone, even though we were talking a little, I I definitely missed you more because I'm like, where's my Ashley? Well, all these other people are (laughs) up and leaving my life. You're so right. You're so right. And like you and I, you're the person I process things with a Mm -hmm. lot of the time. Yep. (laughs) And you know, being cut off from that, I, yeah, it was hard for both of us. 
right now. It's, it's good. We went. We got through it. We yes, we did. We love ourselves more now, and that's beautiful. <laughs> um, yep. And it's not all been like that. The fall had some definite bright spots for me too. Sammy turned eight in October, mm. and we How? threw her. I don't know. She's eight. Actually, it's kind yeah. of amazing. I'm loving this age, and we threw her this killer witchy birthday party at our house. Matt and I did it all ourselves. We actually planned it while we were sick with COVID because we had nothing else to do. Oh, that's fun. And so we came up with activities. We did like potions and wand making. It was really, really fun. Um, And then in between all the traveling and being sick and stuff, I have continued to take pole classes, which has been so great. And um, I've been progressing and getting more confident, sort of, and also seeing how much more I have to learn. And I even, I bought a pole for our house. So now we have one in the basement. (laughs) Okay. Did you ever think that you were going to be the person who has a pole? (laughs) A dancing pole in your basement? No, I would have been the person to make fun of people for having a pool in their house, which is absolutely why I am now a person who has one, because that is uh-huh. what happens mm-hmm. when you think you're never going to do something. So if you want to follow along, I post on, on Instagram a lot. And it's not all just the glamorous moments. Like I've been showing when I do really stupid, not stupid, when I do scary stuff and I fall and I fail, mm-hmm. I've taken like some really nasty falls and it's been really scary because I actually have a lot of fear around it. Like the fear of being upside down or falling or hitting my head. I think these are basic things that people are afraid of. (laughs) But it's been such a fun community to be part of. Like it's the most diverse gym setting I've ever been in. I mean, they're just people of all ages, races, gender identities, ability, body type. Like it's an amazing group. It's so, it's so good. And just recently, I think as I started following the owner of the studio on Instagram. And then she saw my profile and she was like, oh my God, I didn't realize you were a pastor. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I like to confuse people. It's fun. (laughs) Keep them guessing. (laughs) I have loved following your journey with pole classes so much. And for our listeners who are not following Katie on Instagram, she's a really good follow. So you really (laughs) should. But I just think it's so brave to try something new and to push yourself and push past your limits, but like still have fun with it. That's so Mm -hmm. hard to do, especially the older we get. Yes. And I also want to know, do you have a favorite song to dance to? And is it on the Kindred's playlist? (laughs) It's really hard to choose because there are so many good songs, but I think Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande is at the top of my list right now. It's just got oh. a great beat for for moving. So I'll go put it on the list uh, okay, before yay. we wrap up. After we wrap up this episode, it will be on there for sure. And like, even if you don't pole dance, even if you don't dance at all, it's a great song to just feel how powerful you are in your oh, own body. Love it. Yeah. Love it. We need more of that for sure. So do we want to share some of our favorite things from this year, Oprah style? How does that sound? It does sound good and probably a lot more affordable than Oprah's favorite things. Oh, yeah. There's no cars on this list. (laughs) (laughs) Or like $500 tracksuits. No, nothing like that. (laughs) Well, I will start us off and then we can go back and forth. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So I want everyone to know about this book, How to Keep House While Drowning, a Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing by Casey Davis. Have you read this? No, but I've seen her TED Talk. Oh, my gosh. So 
this book came at the perfect time for me. I listened to this on audio while my grandmother was in the hospital this spring. And it's one of those books that I wish I had read years before because I really could have used this information a long time ago. Well, definitely when I was um, going through depression, but also the timing was just really perfect in my life. So the author, Casey Davis, started on TikTok and Instagram. You can find her at Struggle Care. And she started in 2020 in the middle of COVID lockdown. She had an infant and a toddler at home, and she was really just struggling to stay afloat and stay sane and keep the house functional, basically. She's also a licensed therapist who has become known for her gentle approach to housekeeping. And let me tell you, when my life was falling apart earlier this year and I was running back and forth to the hospital and to funerals and prioritizing my family and my mental health over the house, having her voice in my ear telling me that chores, which she calls care tasks, are morally neutral, mm -hmm. I'm not lazy or a slob or a bad mother for doing the bare minimum around the house, that was just an absolute blessing at a time when I really needed it. Her philosophy is that the goal is function, a functioning kitchen, house, bathroom, laundry system, whatever functioning means for you. And then everything else, the pretty organization, the home decorating, you know, the home edit was also on Netflix at the same time that I was listening to this book. And this book is an antidote for the home edit, <laughs> I'm telling you. But all of that, like Instagram perfect mm. homemaking, all of that is a hobby. Oh, yes. You know? She has this great post on Instagram and it's like just a picture of a beautiful laundry room. Like all the canisters match. There's no like the box of laundry detergent, you know, there's no piles of laundry. It's like this beautiful, pristine, organized, styled laundry room. And the, the words across the bottom of it are, this is a hobby. And I think that's one of her like more most shared posts or something like that. But it's so true. So true. This has just fundamentally shifted my relationship with my home and helped me let go of shame and judging myself for not having a spotless house all the time and for using shortcuts. Things like paper plates or frozen meals or curbside pickup at the grocery store. Like not beating myself up about that stuff to ease the physical and mental load. Like that's a, a valid approach to take to getting things done and staying functioning. And there's so much more to it, but that's a quick overview. And if this sounds intriguing for y'all, you can check out Casey Davis at strugglecare.com. That's where her book lives, her podcast, all her socials are there. Oh, I love it. I think this should be everyone's favorite thing of 2022 or whenever you encounter it. And I, I had not heard of her, but I ended up watching her TEDx talk that's similar. It's called How to Do Laundry When You're Depressed. So yeah. same concept. So if you only have 15 minutes, here's a hack. You only have 15 minutes, you can't read the book. I think if you watch her TED talk, you'll probably get, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what Ashley's talking about and just give that permission to yourself to be in whatever season you're in. And I think for yeah. me, like there are seasons when tidying up, spring cleaning feels really good and I will organize yeah. a space. And feeling like you always have to have it that way, that's when it mm -hmm. starts to feel like 
the moral failure of why can I not keep this up? And I think just recognizing everything is cyclical, you know, and and even if, even if uh, your house is always just in that functional state, I think that's fine too. But if you are somebody who's like used to holding yourself to one standard, we cannot be that version of ourselves all the time. Like when our external world is constantly changing. So I love it more permission to just do like what makes your life work and who cares what it looks like. I love that. So good. Okay, one of my favorite things this year was taking an online class called Witch Camp. (laughs) Witch Mm, Camp. Love it. Yes. It was created by my friend and Divinity School classmate. I love it. She was in Div School with me, Meg Rosenbrier. Um, And she's got an online community called Witch With Me, which she actually told me was going to be an in-person thing, and that was right before the pandemic. So it's this online community, which is so fun. Uh, so I've told you before, like, I don't feel like I resonate with the archetype of the witch. I feel like I ought to, it seems like it would be something I would resonate with, but it just didn't. But I thought witch camp sounds like a way to explore it because, you know, you go to camp, you don't have to do those things all the time. So it felt like just a very basic introduction to magic and rituals and spells. Yeah. And I, I did some with Sammy, which was really fun because it was all like so much all ages could could do this. And what I loved about it was realizing just how much I already do in my everyday life that is mm-hmm. magical, which honestly could be anything. Like it could be cooking, it could be anything. But for mm-hmm. me, it's the building altars, pulling cards, setting intentions around the new moon, other rituals that are just part of my rhythm. Like that is, that's witchiness. That's that's what it is. And I was always intimidated about magical stuff. I think looking at spells and things where you have to have all of these hard to find ingredients. Ingredients. Yes. Yeah. Like, where do you find mugwort? I don't know. Like, I'm sure it exists somewhere in the <laughs> I world. I have a friend that grows it. <laughs> so I'm like, that's not going to be possible for me. Yeah. But what I, what I loved about Meg was she's like, it's about your intention. It's not about the stuff. It's the intention that you put in. So what's meaningful and accessible to you? Um, And, like, one of my favorite things she said was, if you need candles for a ritual, you can use birthday candles that you get from the grocery store. You don't have to have, like, the chime candles or whatever. So it really made me feel more confident in creating a craft that resonates with me, you know, and not Mm -hmm. with anybody else. And just listening to that internal voice, which to me is what it's all about. It's like learning to listen to your inner wisdom, which is what we talk about on the show all of the time. So um, if you're interested in Meg's offerings, I think she's doing Witch Camp again. So if you go to Witch With Me, you can look at all of her stuff. She's also got these great, really affordable seasonal guides to the yearly calendar. So like there's one for that's cool. Yule that's I think under 10 bucks and it's got ideas for how to honor Yule and what some of the like symbolic things connected to it are. So it's just like a really accessible way to get started if it's something you want to explore and just and just have fun with. Yeah. You know, I got interested in witchcraft a few years ago, like 2019 or so. And I remember getting started is overwhelming because there's hundreds of books and websites and things that you can, you just have to navigate and figure out what resonates with you. And I remember finding a book that had a very similar philosophy of just use what you have. You don't need to buy more stuff. You don't need to have specific things. Just, yeah, like for a candle ritual, whatever scented candle or birthday candle you have, it works. And mm-hmm. it's even more 
powerful and effective if it's something that's meaningful to you. Right. It helps focus your intention even more. And I've kind of drifted from some of the stuff that I was doing more regularly back then. And it's just all about the seasons. You know, I go through Mm -hmm. phases where I'm feeling really witchy and like in touch with spirit and then phases where it's just harder to be intentional about it. And I'm hoping to call in more of that intention next year. But I totally agree. Witchcraft is really about being in touch with yourself and the divine, your inner wisdom. Rituals and altars are just like creating physical manifestations of your own intuition, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. I compare it, you know, when when people ask about this kind of stuff, because there's a lot of people that are curious or uncomfortable with the idea of witchcraft is so stigmatized, you know, but I just compare it to prayer for people. (laughs) Things like rosary beads, lighting a novena candle, saying grace before meals, journaling with your daily devotional. Those are all very familiar aspects of Christianity. It just, there's, there's ways, uh, in witchcraft that, that mirror that. And they're all just ways to focus your intention and your thoughts to bring yourself in closer communion with spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's awesome. I love this idea of witch camp. It's just a great way for people to get started. I love it. In a similar vein, I did a lot of praying with my feet this year, which leads me to my next favorite thing that I'll share from this year, which is hiking. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of basic, but I did a lot of that this year. And I, I fell in love with hiking when I lived in Tennessee. There are mountains there. There's waterfalls. Lots of, lots of cool places to hike, too. Hiking is almost impossible where I live here in Mississippi. I'm at sea level. There aren't really good trails around. It is miserably hot most of the year. There's always tons of mosquitoes. It's just not fun. So when I get a chance to hike somewhere amazing that's got, you know, cool stuff like a waterfall, rock formations, beautiful overlooks, I'm just all over it. So Colorado, Utah, and Arizona are just incredible states for hiking, and each state offers something really different. Colorado's got the gorgeous mountains and the, like, really beautiful rivers, And Utah's got the red rocks and the canyons and Arizona's got the Grand Canyon in the north and the desert in the south and giant saguaro cacti. Like it's just, there's so much to see and do. And every hike had its own personality and flavor. And it was, it was really amazing. And I loved sending you polos (laughs) and pictures while I was hiking just to like share. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This is so amazing. I can't Mm -hmm. believe it. So I think the thing that I love about hiking is that I can go at my own pace. I can stop and have a snack when I need to and rest. I can turn around whenever I want. It's There's no competition or mm. I'm not timing myself or anything like that. I did record most of our hikes out west on the All Trails app, which I highly recommend to folks. And look, I was looking back over it this morning. We hiked something like 50 total miles over the course of our trip which is a lot for us. Most people who hike are probably familiar with the All Trails app, but I will just mention, it's a great app. You can find trails near you and filter by like distance, difficulty, whether they're dog-friendly or kid-friendly. You can look for features like waterfalls or overlooks, and then there's maps on there. We used this a lot. You can download maps so that even if you don't have GPS signal Mm. or cell phone, you always know where you are and you can find your way back to the trail. So... Uh, We just use it all the time, and I loved it. There's also a couple apps that I'll briefly mention. 
the National Park Service has a great new app. I think it's new this year, and it's just called NPS. And you can, like, if you're interested in going to a national park, it has all the information you need to plan your visit. And then recreation.gov is the app that you would use to book things like campsites and tours. And some of the more national, uh, more popular national parks have started limiting the number of people that can come in during the day because they're just getting so popular and crowded. Mm-hmm. So you need to book like entry times and things like that. So it was hiking. It was real simple, but that was one of the things that got me through this year. When people say they pray with their feet, they don't usually literally mean it, but that's what you meant. You actually oh, were yes, walking. Oh, yes, very literally. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And I, I don't think we talk enough about the spirituality of walking in nature because it does so much for us at the same time. It's our connection to our body, helping us remember that we aren't just in nature. We are nature, too, yes. which is a concept mm-hmm. that I have really been exploring with one of my favorite spiritual teachers who I've talked about before. So I'm going to bring this up again. Rebecca Campbell's online community called The Sanctuary, which I had joined Mm-hmm. sometime back in early 2022, I think. And I love her style. I, I think I read all of her books this year. I have all of her Oracle decks. She brings such a ease and beauty to her work. And she talks mm-hmm. a lot about nature and how we're part of it and how we learn from observing it. And her latest deck that came out this year is about the cycle and rhythms of roses. And Ooh. it's beautiful. It's called the the Rose Oracle. So if you're looking for something like that, um, or if you just want to look at the images, she puts a lot of those up on her Instagram account, even if you can't buy it right now, and post the reflections and things. It's been really, really beautiful. So I think I shared earlier that she does a live session every month with her community, and it's really beautiful. She leads everybody through whatever her latest meditation offering is for that month, because she does mm. a new one every month. And then she'll do, she'll do a soul inquiry with journal prompts that we do as a group. And she did one last week on the full moon, the full moon in Gemini, which was very powerful uh, for mm. me anyway. Last full moon of 2022. And she asked a series of questions. And I loved these two paired together because she said, what didn't go to plan this year and mm. what happened instead? And that question, the second one, actually really reframed things that I needed to think about because I could think of a lot of stuff that did not go to plan. Right. But then when I thought, what happened in its place, I remembered some beautiful things that I hadn't remembered when she just asked, like, what were the blessings of this year? So that was a really, really nice wow. exercise. Um, maybe I could put the questions in the show notes so people want to think about them. And one last one that she asked was, what are you going to give to yourself for the remaining weeks of 2022? And I know we're going to talk about end of year rituals, so I'll save that for later. But maybe you all could be thinking about that. Like, what are you going to give yourself for this last little bit of time? What a great question. What am I going to give myself for the last few weeks of 2022? So I wrote in my journal back in November that my word for December is pleasure. Ooh, down with that. Mm. Yes. I know. <laughs> I'm trying, you know, <laughs> not every day is pleasurable, but I've been trying to focus on just the little things that bring me comfort and think about like what I actually enjoy about the holidays and do more of that mm-hmm. and just forget the rest. Mm-hmm. And so pleasure for me right now is about engaging my senses and my body. So I focus on things that look good and smell good and feel good, like putting up a real Christmas tree 
going to the local children's Christmas parade with my son. I think that's a new tradition that we started last year and I hope to continue. I've been lighting candles that smell good. We have a fireplace. So any of the four nights that the temperature is below 60 degrees, (laughs) we try to light a fire. You know, I'm just really leaning into coziness. And two of my closest friends will be here at the same time in a couple of weeks. And so the three of us will be getting together for the first time in like two years. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, pleasure. I'm trying. Um, (laughs) But I've also, the flip side of that is I've given myself permission to just let go of anything that adds to the stress of the holidays or like feels performative. So for me that year, this year that is sending holiday cards. Oh, I just can't. uh I know. Me I neither. love receiving cards and seeing photos of my friends and their families every year. I really appreciate the effort that goes into that because I know it's a lot of work to plan mm-hmm. and send cards. And I'm always afraid that if I stop sending cards, people will stop sending them to me. And I guess that's where the like the hesitation and the shame or whatever uh, comes from when I'm like stressing over whether or not to send them. But I'm just done with worrying about that this year. Yeah. And I'll just send them on the years that I feel like it. And, you know, I played with the idea of sending them because we do have a lot of fun travel photos from our trip. But I just truly, I didn't have it in me to send cards this year pretending like everything is amazing and fine and normal Mm. when it just is not, you know. And so I started thinking about how to come up with a way to balance that, like how to acknowledge the loss of this year in the card. And I just got really overwhelmed thinking about that was like, screw it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) There's no reason to. So, you know, that's, that's the other side, I guess, of pleasure is letting go and releasing things that, that bring the opposite of that. But over the last few years, I've started honoring the winter solstice in small ways. So I'm looking forward to doing that too. And this year I have a little ritual planned that I will talk about in a minute, but I'd like to know, do you have anything planned for the winter solstice or do you just want to share some of your holiday traditions? I am definitely going to honor the solstice. I'm not totally sure how, but I want to because I'm like, enough with Christmas already. Let's do something that's global that we're all connected to and that Mm -hmm. all of our major holidays are connected to the solstice. That's why Christmas is December 25th. Uh-huh. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, but I just wanted to comment and say I've stopped obligation rituals too. Well, oh, in general, so but good. especially yeah. around the holidays because there's so many of them. Like There's so many. Stop doing it. I haven't done holiday cards, I think, since the, the pandemic started. Or buying gifts just to buy them. I'm done with that too. Um, mm-hmm. I've decided that listening to holiday music too much makes me bananas because it's the same 10 songs. over and over so I've barely listened to any at all I've been listening more to the kindred songs and I think Mm. just overall I'm like why does Christmas have to be a big deal why is this and why does it have to be two months long why (laughs) no I'm just keeping yeah keeping it low-key doing the stuff that's fun um I'm looking forward to spending that day with Sammy and Matt and just keeping it really chill Like, it'll just be the three of us, which we also did for Thanksgiving, and it was so nice and so simple. Um, Okay, so, but thinking about rituals, and this is one of my favorite things, too, that I started this year, which is just really honoring the seasons in general Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. year. I I don't think I really did that before, but I've been building seasonal altars. So, Mm -hmm. like, 
I did one for summertime, fall, winter now, even though technically it's not winter until the solstice. But, you know, like, yeah, close enough. Yeah. And the other fun thing that I've done, and this connects to the pleasure in this sense, is I've started changing up my, like, body wash, body lotion every season. And, like, I have a different oh, scent that I that's use. That's cool. Yeah, because I was like, what I don't want to use my Marc Jacobs Daisy perfume in the fall. Like, it feels like a yeah. spring summer smell. And so I'm like, what scents do I love at a time of year? And it's, like, been a really simple tweak that has kind of kept me in what season is this in that rhythm yeah. of nature? Like, so right now mm-hmm. everything is peppermint and rosemary and vanilla, which you mm-hmm. can find pretty easily. Love it. Yeah, it's been a really fun way to just, like, mark the seasons just for myself, not for anybody mm-hmm. else. Okay, and then for the holiday season, for the second year in a row, I'm going to be gifted time alone. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Y'all, this is the best Christmas gift that I could ever be gifted. Yeah. What I'm are getting you like do with your time alone? Five days. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Almost five days. Um, I'm really appreciative to Matt because he knows how much I need solitude. And solitude mm-hmm. in the house is like the very, very best thing. So rare. So rare. It's so rare. So what am I going to mm-hmm. do? I haven't planned it all out yet. I'll probably hibernate a lot and stay in my pajamas and watch TV and like do a lot mm-hmm. of journaling. Mm-hmm. There are some people I like to watch their like, here's the forecast, spiritual forecast for the next year and just do some like oh, yeah. intention setting, not planning, not planning, but intention setting for next year. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be me. I cannot, I can't wait <laughs> for uh, that week. Alone. It's the dream. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I, I love your ideas for honoring the seasons and mm-hmm. thinking about the seasons, being h- intentional with it. My mom always decorated seasonally growing up, like had um, like Easter placemats and would put out fake flowers, like a cornucopia in the fall and things yeah, like that. And it's fun. You know what? I never recreated that type of tradition and I probably took it for granted, but I think especially now, maybe this is morbid, but I think finding ways to ritualize and honor the seasons is going to become even more important as climate change takes our seasons away from us, (laughs) you know? So true. It's, It's just something that occurred to me while you were talking. We don't, I don't have fall where I live and I was so overwhelmed by how amazing fall was out in the mountains. I saw Mm. fall color for the first time in my life. I saw aspen trees, like golden forests, aspens. This one was in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, really? Yes, because they're pretty high elevation. Mm -hmm. And they had, we happened to be there. They have a a yellow leaf, leaf peeping alert that people who are really into fall color, like get these alerts. And we happened to be there. Our friend who lives there got the alert and she was like, we need to go now to go see the aspen trees changing color. They're at their peak, like right now, let's all go. And I remember thinking like, what's the hurry? Fall is months. Like, what is the big deal? No, aspens lose their leaves in like three days. (laughs) It is, you go, you drop everything you're doing, you get your camera (laughs) and Mm -hmm. go. And we hiked in this forest that was golden. The air 
was golden. I felt bathed in oh, golden light. Like forest bathing. You did like that. Like forest bathing. Oh, that is absolutely what it was. I would. Mm. So I really love fall. I found out I am basic <laughs> white Christian fall girl or whatever. Have you seen those memes? Yes. <laughs> I think you're a little bit more than basic, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but I did uh, really get it. Like, I finally got it. And I think about that, how to bring a little fall energy into my life when there's no fall where I live. But anyway, I I digress. So, my so winter. <laughs> winter, <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's two parts of my ritual. The first part involves Muppets. Say more. of course. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite shows growing up was Fraggle Rock, Child of the 80s. And my family had this VHS recording of one particular episode. I think my grandpa is actually the one who recorded it. And it's the episode of Fraggle Rock called The Bells of Fraggle Rock. I think it was the only holiday, like Christmas episode they ever made. Have you ever seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I need to watch it if I haven't because I love Fraggle Rock. Anything Muppet related, I'm down. Same, same, same. So the Bells of Fraggle Rock is this short little show about how the Fraggles celebrate the solstice, which is their big winter holiday. And they live underground in caves. Hmm. They're very in tune with the earth. And they believe that at the solstice, the earth slows down and stops unless they gather together and ring their bells to wake up the sleeping earth for the next season. It's so sweet. And I used to watch it every year on VHS. That VHS has since been lost to time. But in years past, I found it on YouTube. This year, it's on Apple TV Plus, I'm pretty sure, because I think they bought the rights to the Fraggles. And I think there's new Fraggles now, too. I think that's true. Yeah. I actually think they made a new Fraggle Christmas special, but I don't know if I'm going to watch it. (laughs) You're a purist. I think I just... Yes, I'm a purist. I don't know. I probably will. Who am I kidding? But... I watch The Bells of Fraggle Rock every year on the solstice, and I like to watch it while I'm wrapping Christmas presents and, like, having a chill holiday vibe. Yeah. So that's the first part of my day. And then the second part is a a little more serious of a ritual. The other thing I want to do this year is a ritual that we actually included on abortionswelcome.org. It's called A Writing Spell Honoring Your Many Selves. The original article is found at lunalunamagazine.com. We will link that in the show notes for people that might want to do this too. Basically, the ritual is you think about what you'd like to release from your past, what you'd like to honor in your present, and what you'd like to call forth in your future. And you write that down on pieces of paper, which you then burn over a candle. And that just feels very fitting for me this year. And Mm. I think the solstice just feels like a really good day to do that. So absolutely. I love that. That's gorgeous. I'm excited. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up in a minute, but I think before we do, we need to celebrate ourselves because yes. we've done some we've done some good stuff this year. Like out in the stuff. world and internally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll go first. Some highlights for me. Publishing my second book, A Complicated Choice, which <laughs> feels like forever ago now. I can't believe that was this year, but that was in February. Oh my Ugh. goodness. Yep. Yes. That was that was a highlight. Uh, I did live TV for the first and Whoa. second time. Terrifying, but Whoa. did it. Yeah, that was a big one. And then I came out as queer over the summer. Yay, you did do that. 
I did. And then around the same time, I started pole dancing. And I have kept with it, even though I have fallen on my face. And when I think about this year, I just go, whoa, I have been so brave. Like, I have just been so brave this year. And I'm so proud of myself for every opportunity. I feel like I have been brave. I've been like, yeah, I'll do it. It's amazing I'm so glad that you recognize that, like, can yes. look back over and see that theme because you totally have been. Like, all of those things you just listed out would scare most people to death. <laughs> Publishing a book, going on TV, coming out, <laughs> pole dancing. <laughs> like, I think you have been so brave. Oh. <laughs> so, I am proud of Abortions Welcome. I follow the mm-hmm. analytics, and it gets like a thousand unique visits a month. Which really. Yes. Some months less than others. Like you can kind of tell when somebody with a larger following has shared it somewhere because it gets a bump. But that is a thousand people a month that are coming to the site, hopefully finding something useful as they are on their abortion journey. Like it just really makes me feel good knowing we did that. And I, it's just something I think of all the things I did at Faith and Women, it's the thing I'm most proud of. And I'll just make another quick pitch here for abortionswelcome.org. I hope our listeners share it with your people, follow and engage with the Abortions Welcome Instagram account, because the more you engage, the more it comes up in people's algorithms and all of that. So just help us make sure it gets out there. And if you know anybody who would find the content helpful as they're on their abortion journey, pass it along. Yes, I'm so glad you you mentioned that. And I want to get access to analytics so I can see that myself, because That's amazing. And also, I was just thinking as you were talking about how we really created that at a time when we were both really struggling. And it just goes to show you that like you can create beauty, not that you have to, but their beauty can come from the times of struggle. Like you can still create and hold on to hope and envision beautiful things. Like life is so nuanced and complicated that way. And it just it makes me feel like really proud of us too, that in the middle of so many other things going on, that we were able to hold a vision of a different kind of way to talk about abortion and engage it with people. And that so many people are finding it. That's so amazing. And I'm actually talking to your uh, colleague, Elizabeth, about how we might even expand that offering in the coming year or years. So definitely follow along to keep up with us as we're, as we're figuring that out. So I guess on a personal note, the other thing I'm proud of is just surviving this year. Mm -hmm. I think if folks are listening to this episode, they have probably followed along over the year and already know what this year has been for me. I won't get into it again, but I'll just say that I am proud of myself for using the tools I've learned along the way in therapy, for taking care of myself as best I can, for being gentle with myself and letting myself just be and feel what I need to. It's been a heavy year and I am proud of myself for just making it through. And I think ending on that is, that is the biggest thing of this year. Like the external stuff is amazing, but learning to do that is so incredibly important and difficult Mm -hmm. and beautiful. And I have witnessed you do that. I mean, I have witnessed you do that over and over again. And I'm just more and more convinced that when we truly love ourselves that way, we really do change the world. I really believe that at my very core, because it's the only thing that we can actually do 
is learn to love ourselves. That is the only thing that we have any power over is how we treat ourselves. And if we all did that, I truly think like it is the key to transformation. It really, really is. I totally agree. You can't love the world and hate yourself. No, because you are the world. You are part of the world. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you. Thank you for those kind words, by the way. Um, I would like to, if you will indulge me, I would like to wrap up our last episode of 2022 with the lyrics to a song called The Promise from The Bells of Fraggle Rock. Love it. <laughs> I believe it was 1989 or so, 88, 89, when, they, when this came out. This song means a lot to me this time of year, this year especially. So I'm just going to share the lyrics here. There's a rhythm. There's a rising. There's a dream of green that needs to wake a password and a promise that the earth will never, ever break. It's coming. Feel it humming in the hearts we share with rock and sky. So raise your voices high. Deep beneath the stone, seeds begin to grow. Sun shines through the rain. We will live again. Bless Jim Henson's beautiful little puppet heart. Prophetic. <laughs> he was a gift. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that gave me chills. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would I say that about something from Fraggle Rock. But I also mm-hmm. have like a spot in my heart for Muppets because I really do think that he got like that it really is about love. Yep. It really is yep. about love. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. I'm going to go look up the Fraggle Rock Witcher Souls yes! special. Please do. We'll link it. We'll link. I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube. We'll link that so that folks who don't have Apple can see it. Yes. I'm sending you, my friend, lots of love and lots of love to all of our listeners. And we can't wait to be in your ears in 2023. Aw, love you. Love all of you. Talk with you then. Talk to you then. Oh, 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 oh,